Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast, where we interview emerging professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And uh, today we have with us on the show uh, Jane Ong, and she is the founder and CEO of Neophyto Foods. Uh, hi, Jane. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm great. Uh, I'm really excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, curious to learn more about uh, your venture. Uh, and I want to start by talking about your background. Uh, can you share your professional and personal background? Yeah, so um, I I guess my education is in food science. So I did my bachelor's at McGill University in food science and nutritional science, after which I did a master's in food science at the University of Guelph. And um, after I did my master's, I worked as a research assistant for a bit and then I also worked in product development and then I started this company so um, it kind of all started when I was finishing up my master's one of my friends from my undergrad had um, become vegan and he had also happened to go to uh, move to move to Guelph to do his master's and so he had asked me to make him a vegan cheese and we entered a product development competition on campus ended up winning and from there we were encouraged to do something with our products so we were working you know in the background on things we brought a third founder onto our team um, who had more business and finance experience and we were kind of doing this in the background with our full-time jobs um, and I think we all went sort of full-time last November. So it's been about a year since we've taken this more seriously. Mm-hmm. So now can you um, uh, talk more about the new Phyto Foods, uh, what kind of uh, products uh, you offer and how the idea came about? Yeah, so uh, Neo Phyto Foods, um, the goal of our company is to create plant-based alternatives that can help people make better choices for the environment. So um, as I mentioned, you know, the idea for this started with um, my friend who is an ecologist by background and he cared a lot about sustainable foods. And so we decided to go into sustainable plant-based foods. Um, so our name Neophyto basically means new plants. And so our first product was a plant-based cream cheese made of uh, soybeans, and it was a fermented soy-based cream cheese. And we had launched this to food service clients earlier this year. Now, when COVID hit, obviously, that kind of threw a wrench in our plans because the food service industry went down. And so while we were sort of going through the process of moving that product to retail, we decided to launch a second product. Uh, which was the plant-based meat kit called Neo Kit. And this is a shelf-stable meat kit that people can make into a plant-based ground meat at their homes. Um, the fact that it's shelf-stable means that we're able to provide um, provide this Canada-wide through e-commerce. And we recently started getting into several retail stores around the country as well. Mm-hmm. So you're providing foods that are plant-based and even for like uh, food such as meat and cheese, you're providing um, plant-based options. Yes, so exactly. So really what we're trying to do is, you know, show people that 
switching to a plant-based diet doesn't have to require lots of compromises and we want to give people options where they don't feel like they are compromising on their taste buds and the textures that they like. So giving people options that are really easy and, you know, versatile. Um, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. So did you develop all these uh, plant-based foods uh, yourself in-house? Yes. Yeah. So my background's in food science. And so um, I my role in the company is really on the product side. And so I'm in charge of all the product development aspects and sort of the scaling and things like that. So when you prepare these uh, plant-based foods, um, especially for cheese and meat, are you able to replicate the same taste and texture? Yeah, so for the plant-based cheese, neo cheese, um, we started with soybeans. And we what I did here was I really tried to replicate the process that dairy cheese is made and that will give help you mimic as much of the flavor compounds as possible so we have a fermented process and that really helps to give you that tanginess of cheese so um our customers who have tried the product you know they've all said that it's one of the best replications of cream cheese they've found um as for our plant-based meat really um for that product we were trying to replicate the texture so we wanted something that gave bite when you cook it and you know that could be shaped just like ground meat held its um, held its form together when you're trying to make it into other things. Um, we weren't as concerned about the flavor aspects of the product. We wanted to keep it um, sort of a blank slate, if you will, so that you know people can put their own flavorings into the product. And um, I find that a lot of plant-based meats on the market, they, they come with a lot of seasonings and flavorings. And it's hard to really make that into your own dish. Mm-hmm. And um, is there any particular benefit or reason um, for people to switch to all plant-based diet? Um, why, why do you believe uh, people should make this switch? Yeah, I think for us, our main sort of reason for producing these types of products is the sustainability aspect. Right now, you know, with the world's population growing um, and the developing countries becoming richer, they are starting to consume more and more meat products. But there is a finite amount of land resources in the world. And meat production actually uses a lot of those resources because, you know, you have one cow, but then you have to have, you know, a field of soybeans to feed that cow. So meat is just a very inefficient way of producing food. Um, with plants, you just have to provide it, you know, water, sunlight, and they grow food for you. So plants are a much more efficient food source than animal products. And so though that's really our, our reason. I think for us, it's also an interesting take in that, you know, um, I'm not vegan myself personally, and I don't think we're trying to trying to demonize, we're not trying to demonize the dairy and the meat industry. I think what we're trying to show is that it's not that difficult to make the switch to plant-based options. And I think if everyone makes, you know, a couple switches in their meals per week, you know, I don't think it's necessary to eat meat three times a day or even like, you know, five times a week. You know, if they reduce their meat consumption, then that will go a long way in, you know, making our food supply more sustainable. 
So I guess the reasoning is that it's more um, efficient. Um, it's an efficient way of producing food. Yes. Uh, in this day and age, it's about efficiency. It's about resourcefulness. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, you require much less water to produce a plant crop than a meat crop because the you know cows they they spent their four stomachs you know they spent their whole days eating and that's not even um starting to mention the amount of greenhouse gases they produce through methane um so really what we're 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 taking this from a sustainable point of view and of course you know there are arguments for um vegan and vegetarian foods being healthier you know they have no cholesterol and they tend to be higher in fiber. And um, some people also look at the animal welfare side of things and how the animals are treated and how it is more humane to have, uh, you know, vegan or vegetarian diets. Uh, but for us, I think we are more focused on the sustainability aspect, although obviously there are other reasons to go with a uh, plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. That's uh, interesting. And uh, is your business i mean the products that you sell uh, do you promote them specifically for uh, to uh, vegans and vegetarians yeah so i would say our customer base for now is primarily um vegans and vegetarians you know we we do advertise as a vegan product but i think it's important to note how the the climate of the diets in Canada is changing as well. So, you know, vegans make up 4%, 3 or 4% of the Canadian population. I think vegetarians are like maybe 10% or that might be the combined vegans and vegetarians. But, you know, there's a new group of people out there, flexitarians, who make up 20%. You know, one one in five Canadians consider themselves as flexitarians. And what that means is that they are actively trying to incorporate more plant-based foods into their diet. They're, you know, trying to make changes so that you know they might eat a plant-based a plant-based meal instead of a meat meal maybe once or twice or more times a week and i think that's really an untapped market that we are trying to cater to as well and that's why we do make a concerted effort not to alienate people who do have meat in their diet you know it's saying that hey make a switch um we don't think you need to completely switch over but um giving people the option to slowly make that that change mm-hmm. um, as a consumer if i purchase like plant-based alternatives for uh, animal foods like let's say uh, meat or mm-hmm. cheese um does that um cost me more as a consumer or are you able to uh, match the price of traditional products so unfortunately for the time being plant-based alternatives are going to be more expensive um there's sort of a two-part reason to that the first is that the dairy and meat industry is heavily subsidized by the government so um meat itself is quite a costly product to produce and most people would not be able to afford it if not for government subsidies on those products so that already puts us at, at a negative advantage to start um and then the other reason is that, you know, right now we are a smaller company and because of that, you know, we don't have as many resources in order to you know, produce at scale and use economies of scale to our advantage, uh, where at higher volumes, you know, things like our packaging and your shipping costs really decrease. 
So right now things are more expensive, but I do expect that, you know, as this industry changes and um, continues to uh, expand and innovate, the costs are going to lower. And what we are seeing as is that, you know, this is something that consumers are willing to pay for. So um, they do see value in these products. And we're very grateful for our customers who are willing to support us, even though, you know, the price might not completely be at parity with animal based products right now. So it's interesting that people are actually willing to pay a premium price for mm-hmm. uh, plant-based alternatives. And mm-hmm. as for the reasons that you may, um, I guess it might be for the reasons that you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, efficiency, resourcefulness, animal welfare, um, environment sustainability. Um, so maybe either one or a bunch of those reasons, you know, people are willing to uh, pay a premium price, especially, I guess, maybe the they might believe a lot in the health benefits uh, of uh, plant-based food. So that might be a big draw for them. Yeah, exactly. I think one thing that um, definitely a lot of people are concerned about is their cholesterol intake. And cholesterol is, you know, something that's only produced by animals. So it's not really possible for any plant-based foods to have cholesterol. And so that's one of our huge advantages. Mm-hmm. So I learned that um, in U.S., um, maybe in one of the states, at least uh, the meat industry was trying to use lobbying to, uh, I guess, um, uh, suggest a, a particular kind of law which prevents plant-based uh, meat to be uh, labeled as meat. Um, are you aware of any such uh, lobbying efforts from the meat industry and have you experienced anything like this? Yeah, so that's definitely a concern. Um, I know that's happening in the states right now but in canada we've always had rules the uh, surrounding how we're able to label foods and the cfi is very clear in the guidelines that labeling should not be misleading consumers so um there's definitely uh they're quite strict around what they allow so for example i would not be able to to label our product as cheese you know because that could be construed as you know dairy cheese and the dairy lobby in canada is very strong um I'm, i don't know if you've heard this but for example with ice even in ice cream you know there are very specific rules about how much you know percent of dairy fat is needed for it to be called ice cream otherwise um it can be called like ice milk or frozen ice product as you see more and more these days so for the plant-based industry um you know we've seen a lot of workarounds to the naming convention so for example cheese can be spelled with a z instead of an s so it's not really the same spelling so it's not the same word um that's a workaround um for us we've kind of taken an approach similar to nuts for cheese um, by having cheese in the name of the product so it's not the common name but it's the you know neo cheese is in your branding so when people see it you know they think of what it's supposed to be and if you have pictures you know they can imagine um what it's supposed to be but you know in the description we have to say it's a cream cheese style spread um for the meat we're also very careful not to have meat in the name itself and you know we the workaround is really to show a lot of images to show you know what it is um, how consumers can use it and things like that. 
Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, is difficult. Um, I read, I think that the meat industry is pushing back on the use of burgers, so they don't like veggie burgers and, um, it's always going to be a fight. And so, you know, um, I think people think of creative go around it. And I think consumers also are more aware of these products and they are searching it out a lot more as well. So that also helps that there is consumer awareness. So, um, you don't have to teach the consumer what your product is. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting that, uh, uh, you, the workarounds that you mentioned around such, uh, laws or possible laws. Uh, that's, uh, that's particularly interesting that the plant-based food industry has, has thought about such, uh, such, uh, uh workaround. Uh, mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so recently you, uh, participated in the, uh, Rise Ventures, uh, uh, pitch competition. Uh, can you talk about your experience? Yeah, so the pitch competition was kind of a culmination of almost, I think it was 10 months of the program. I had started, um, I had joined Rise Ventures, I think it was last December. And then, you know, we started the programming maybe in January. It's been a long time, so it's hard to remember. But, um, you know, the program basically was for female entrepreneurs and kind of showing us, like, giving us tools to uh, learn about the business and help to scale our products. We were also given mentorship hours with industry experts um, that we could use to kind of work on specific projects that we were working on. And then, of course, the pitch competition at the end was kind of a culmination of everything that we had learned. So it was a really great experience. Um, I thought, you know, we've our company, we have participated in other pitch competitions in the past. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, with each competition, you have, you know, your company grows a bit each time. And so it was it's sort of a nice way to look back and see, you know, what have we accomplished and, you know, how, how far we've come and how far we plan to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was a completely um, virtual um, pitch uh, because, you know, events, I guess, are happening virtually. Uh, So was that difficult and what was your um, strategy for your pitch? Yeah, um, so was it difficult? I would say that there are pros and cons of doing a virtual pitch. Um, a pro is that, you know, most of them are recorded beforehand, so it's less stressful. You don't have to pitch to a live audience. But I would say the major con and what I do miss from in-person pitching is that you lose so much from not being able to, you know, have the body language and like have that, you know, interaction with the judges where they can see my facial expressions they can see my body language um and you know what i'm trying to portray like that so you lose a lot of that virtually um and sorry your second question was oh mm-hmm. what i had done strategy. to prepare yeah strategy for your pitch to win win the competition yeah so i think um the strategy for this pitch was really to show how you know our company had withstood the COVID pandemic, you know, um, for us, we had been, we had thought that it was a brilliant idea to target B2B food service customers, such as restaurants, caterers, and hospitality groups. And in the beginning, it was great. But obviously, when COVID hit, it was kind of a shock to the system. And it was like, you know, all our customers essentially 
you know, close shop overnight. We had customers in Toronto who cater to businesses and suddenly, you know, businesses are working from home are, you know, those caterers are out of a job. Um, hospitality groups such as, you know, those who cater to universities, universities shut down. So it was kind of a shock to us. And I think for the pitch, like I really wanted to tell the story of how we came back from that, you know, um, yes, that happened to us, but you know, this COVID opportunity gave us an opportunity to launch a new product. And, you know, we looked at what the, um, you know, what the landscape of products were like during this time. And we saw that there's not really any shelf stable meat options out there. And, you know, we wanted something that was easy to transport. Um, that was a big concern of ours. We didn't want something that had to be refrigerated. Um, you have a lot more issues with, you know, your logistics for a refrigerated product. So we kind of took that and ran with it and, you know, um, we're now in several retail stores. And so we, I really wanted to, you know, paint this picture of, you know, we had this setback, but what we've been able to accomplish with that and how far we've been able to come. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you win the pitch competition? Yes. So we were, um, so, uh, like honored to win. And I think the prize was $25,000. So it's a pretty, pretty life changing amount for our company. It really allows us to, you know, be more secure and take more risks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the specific category that you won was, uh, scalable stream. Um, yes. so the, and you, so I guess you won because your product and business is, uh, scalable. Yes. So, um, I think hopefully the judges felt that, you know, our product is scalable. I think right now the plant-based foods industry is, is really booming. You know, everyone is, um, it's definitely a, a hot market to be in currently. And even, even in COVID, you know, there've been so many, uh, so much research, uh, has been done, uh, around consumer behavior during this time. And what people have found is, you know, COVID kind of, increase the demand for plant-based foods uh people saw that the meat industry had kind of a hard time rebounding especially with a lot of covid cases in meat packing plants and i guess there was some sort of uncertainty around you know our meat products going to um you know how certain is that uh you know the production and so during covid the demand for plant-based foods actually increased so that's very encouraging for the industry and very very good to see Mm-hmm. So how do you plan to use the prize money and uh, do you have a scaling strategy for your business? Yeah, so right now our main focus is getting into retail stores. So, um, you know, part of that is building up our inventory. And, you know, as we get new customers, we have to make sure that, you know, we do have enough capital to make products so we can sell it. Um, we're looking into private label partnerships potentially and um as we go further then the idea is that we can slowly move to a co-packer and have them produce a product for us so that all these things require quite a lot of capital to start and that's why um the money is so helpful mm-hmm. and your products they're all uh, manufactured locally yeah so currently um we rent out a production facility in Guelph, and so we do all our manufacturing um, in Guelph. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Did you receive any assistance from University of Guelph or Innovation Guelph uh, to grow your business? Yeah, so the University of Guelph has also been a huge help for us. Um, you know, when we started, I was working at the university, and so we were eligible to participate in their accelerator program, so Accelerator Guelph, and they have just given us so much support. Um, you know, they've they've really really been great. Uh, so the production facility I mentioned is also part of the University of Guelph. It's called the Guelph Food Innovation Center, and you know, they're a small pilot plant that they. They rent out for, you know, small companies and they do a lot of research there as well. Um, and, you know, we I still I still work closely with professors there. You know, um, Art Hill was one of the professors I worked with for the vegan cheese product. And he's a great mentor. Uh, so, yeah, the university has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, any assistance from Innovation Globe? Yeah, so I I guess the assistance from Innovation Guelph has been more as a sort of a function of the Rise Ventures program, which is part of the Innovation Guelph. Um, like I mentioned, you know, the mentorship we received from Rise was really, really helpful for us to grow our company. And, you know, we were able to work on specific projects that, you know, required industry specialists and, you know, specialized support. And usually as a small company, you might not you know, put down the money for those kind of services. But we found it really, really helpful, you know, to be able to have that um, had that chance to work with industry specialists and do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, have you sold uh, any any products so far? Um, if so, how many units uh, have you sold? Yeah, so um, e-commerce. So right now for... When Neo Cheese has been put on hold, we prior to COVID, we had about six or seven food service clients. So we would basically sell them um, wholesale product. And then um, as for uh, Neo Kit, which is the plant based meat product, um, that's currently being sold e-commerce online. And I don't know the sales numbers on the top off the top of my head, but I do know that we have been um, sort of growing our e-commerce numbers each month. So, you know, there's been there's been a, s- a steady increase and we've I think we've closed our ninth or tenth store recently. And so um, those stores have bought like a couple of cases each. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right now you're selling online only, uh, but you plan to expand to retail stores. Well, so we do have, I think several retail stores have already started carrying our product. So our product is available in some stores. Um, and in retail, we have a store in Guelph, the Stone Store. And then we, I think the Sobeys in London, there's three stores in Vancouver. I think it's called City Avenue Market. Um, there is, I think, Coco in downtown Toronto. Um, I think there's, yeah. There's a couple more that I'm forgetting, um, but we're going to, you know, push it. Uh, we're going to publish all our listings on our website soon so customers can know where to find us. But right now we do sell Canada wide through e-commerce. And um, I think we offer we offer a $5 flat rate shipping. And if you buy more than $30, we offer free shipping. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, so e-commerce. You know, it's a very competitive stage, uh, com- a competitive space. Um, have you adopted any particular strategies or techniques to 
drive traffic to your website? Yeah, so we are, you know, it's a work in progress, I would say. Um, right now, we are focusing primarily on uh, Facebook ads. And so that's what, you know, we try to use to drive traffic. Um, obviously, there's a lot of word of mouth as well, you know. And I think we've been focusing on building out our social media platform so people can, you know, discover us through Instagram. And we've also started working with influencers so that, you know, they can sort of push our product to their audiences as well. So we're trying different things um, and seeing what sticks. We, it's, uh, it's been a long road definitely for e-commerce. And um, I think it's something that we kind of have to, you know, re-innovate and learn as we go. But um, the good news is things are getting better. I mean, we're seeing our sales improve every month. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, well, Jane, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about uh, yourself and also about uh, uh, new food. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And um, you want to share your website? Uh, how can people uh, find you? Yeah, so um, our website is www.neophytofoods.com. So that's spelled N-E-O-P-H-Y-T-O-F-O-O-D-S. And you can also find us on Instagram at neophytofoods. Uh, perfect. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn from uh, Jane and Neophytofoods about the amazing product that they offer and the benefits that your product can bring uh, to us. Uh, definitely check out their website. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.